is the man that you fear most in football staring you right in the face? Pitch to Walter, looking for the record, cuts back, he's got it! Historians may debate whether Chicago's defense was the best unit ever to play the game. Go Bears! Welcome to the ESPN Chicago pregame show on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2 and ESPN 1000. Here are your hosts, Jeff Miller and Dion Miller. Well, I guess we're shipping up to Soldier Field as the Bears open the 2021 NFL home slate against the Cincinnati Bengals as they begin their season 0-1, Dion, as they lose to the Los Angeles Rams in L.A. at SoFi Stadium 34-14 last Sunday night. We'll get to plenty of conversation, and of course, you can always feel free to talk with us at 312-332-3776, but... Dion, your initial thoughts on what you saw from the Bears last Sunday night? Um, what? Okay, I expected them to lose, mm-hmm. but I did not expect the defense to look the way that they did, and I think that's where the widespread panic comes in. Mm-hmm. I'm thrilled we saw Justin Fields. I'm thrilled that he got out there. I think he could and should have done more. Um, I, I'm not surprised they're 0-1. I'm just surprised at how it looked getting there. And so I'm thrilled that we are finally to week two. We mm. finally have something else to talk about. Let's move forward. Let's let's move forward. Let's put this one to bed. <laughs> I will, all right, we will, but I'm not going to lie. It's going to creep up into our conversation yes. throughout the show. The loss to the Rams on Sunday night was, yeah, just did not look fun, did not look good. Uh, there was very few bright spots that I could take out of it. And the Justin Fields conversation, like you want to discuss the entirety of the team, but it's going to hang over the everything we do until he's actually named the starter. Because we're just playing this waiting game until the Bears can move forward with the franchise QB. And until we get there, I'm not going to lie. It's going to be hard to focus on what the Bears are going to do offensively with Andy Dalton without knowing that, A, Justin Fields is just waiting on the sidelines. And I think patience is going to be very thin at Soldier Field today with a packed house for the first time since December of 2019. Fans have waited 637 days since their last tailgate, since the last time they were in that building and rocking, and they are clamoring for Justin Fields. If there are any struggles today with Andy Dalton, I think that the pressure is going to be on, and we'll see how Matt Nagy responds and see if he can follow the flow of the game if Justin is doing well stick with that and not worry so much about what his play sheet says the yeah that storyline of whether or not the crowd is booing because I imagine that's going to be the vocal majority is once Andy Dalton if they go three and out it's going to start they really need to begin their first offensive possession with some sustainable offense. Because if yes. they don't, it's going to continue to get louder and louder with each you know struggle that they have on offense. So that is, for me, going to be what we're watching from the outset. Now, if Dalton and the offense can get off to a decent start against a Bengals defense that I think is middle of the road, it's nothing they really need to be concerned about. The big problem for the Bears today with the Bengals, I think, is what the Bengals have in terms of skill players yeah. offensively. They're, mm-hmm. going to, they're going to prevent, present a tough test for the Bears' defense, 
But offensively, they should be able to take advantage of the Bengals' defense today. And this is where the you know a lot's going to be on Andy Dalton. And again, if you're as Deanne just mentioned, if you're out there tailgating and you want to let us know what it's like, feel free to give us a call because we'd love to hear yes. from you. We'd love to hear what your expectations are and whether or not you're going to be booing or chanting for Justin Fields the moment the uh, ball is kicked. I know that Andy Dalton faced his former team last year, but this is a different Bengals defense than it was even a year ago. So you know that there's some emotions there, right? Yep. And and you're wondering, I'm wondering where he's at mentally. He says all the right things, Jeff. He says all the right things. But to know that he's literally just hanging out there until failure as we've talked about before until until the bears feel like it's all right it's time i'm sorry and they feel some sort of obligation to continue to start him that i i feel like on the outside none of us are feeling we're just i mean right there is the quarterback that can do more why would you not turn to him immediately yeah if they if they did make any sort of promise when they signed him and i think it's possible that they in order to ensure that andy dalton selected the bears in free agency, yeah. that they assured him that he would be the starting quarterback. I think that's certainly possible because that took place before they had Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. They probably didn't think it was realistic that they would have a shot at someone like Justin Fields. They knew where they were picking at 21. They didn't think it was realistic that Justin Fields would probably fall to 11 where they could make the move to get up and draft him. So I think it's certainly possible that in order to get Andy Dalton to sign on the dotted line for the Bears, they said, look, you're going to come in here, you're going to be a starting quarterback. And That was all prior to the draft unfolding. Then when they drafted Justin Fields, certainly things changed, but they fulfilled whatever obligation that they thought they needed to meet. They did that by letting him start game one. Now I'd say the kid gloves are off. Andy Dalton, the one thing I think he has going in his favor, Dion, is that he can go out there and kind of play carefree because he knows that his time is going to be very limited if he doesn't play well and lead this team to victories. And so I do think he can play not so concerned you know about what's going to happen in the future because the time is ticking and, and regardless of i think he knows regardless of even how he plays even if he, if he goes out there and he does really well eventually his time here is limited like that's he knows that from go and i think you're right he can play carefree because what has he got to lose he's going to be replaced eventually and if he does well it will prolong his opportunity um but fans are going to lose their minds if there's any sort of struggle and Nagy said this week yes there's going to be three and outs we're probably going to punt in this game that's just football okay we get it but there should be a sense of urgency here to to win, to establish some sort of an identity. And it is okay if you don't do it exactly how they did it with the Kansas City Chiefs. That is okay. And don't be afraid to put the kid out there. Mm. We all saw the same game last week, Jeff, and they did too. And hearing from the inside at Hallis Hall this week that nothing is too big for Justin Fields and he can, I mean, you saw him on in prime time, his very first game, scores yep. his first touchdown. He doesn't look like his eyes are like deer in headlights, nope. like we saw from you know QB ten sure. for so long, and I and I feel like he's he's doing all the right things. There's no shame in saying, you know what, Andy, we we know what our future is, and we need to make that future now. Yeah. So today is going to be very interesting. You mentioned some of the uh, inside conversation at Hallis Hall. You were there this week. Mm-hmm. You had a chance to talk to these decision makers. Bill Lazor, you mentioned this uh, stood out to you. He was asked about Justin Fields being ready. Justin Fields, based on what he did, he's ready for a full series. Do you think he can handle a full series? Um, 
I, I, I would have said after the preseason he, that, that he's moving quickly and ready for whatever's thrown at him. So I, I don't think anything's changed. If he's ready for it, then why, why isn't he getting those additional chances? I think Matt's probably addressed what his philosophy is on the quarterback position. I don't think that's for me to answer that. I give you the floor. Okay. So what Bill Lazor just told us is that if this was a quarterback competition through training camp, Justin Fields would have won that job. And he would be out there. He can handle more than a series. Laser just indicated to us that he's ready for whatever they throw at him, and he has been ready from go. This is a kid who played on incredibly big stages. This is not someone who comes out of a small college and had a limited number of snaps. This is Justin Fields, played on the biggest stage, had success on the biggest stage. He is ready. And even when we've talked to him, you can tell that his first words to us were, I feel like I was made for this. He, everything he does operates from that mentality. And so the next day after Bill Lazor says this, we challenged Nagy. I, I asked him, I said, okay, Bill Lazor said, you know, that Justin can handle more. How do you balance knowing that with your plan? And this is what Well, that's said. real. I mean, Justin has, uh, he's done a really good job at um, advancing in, in his knowledge of this offense. Um, Better than I thought, you know, which is good. Uh, he's he's had last week. He had a great week of practice, uh, which is great because he's he's working on not just um, his footwork and his mechanics and his fundamentals, but he's also working on the mental side of knowing that he's going out there to try to rip people's hearts out, you know, in practice and do and be great and make our defense uh, better by by being a great quarterback. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you go back and you say, well. You hope that's the case, because if that is, then you feel good as to why you went to to draft him, right, and why you did that, rather than the other side where it's a struggle and it doesn't feel right. Um, This one right now, the way it's going, he's done a great job, and we feel good about being able to move up to get him for sure. What? (laughs) What? And, And here's the thing. This is coming from a head coach who a week and a half ago said it takes three to four years to understand this offense and move forward. And now you're talking about a rookie who's had training camp, one appearance in a regular season game and saying he's further ahead than we thought. Uh, you're, I, I, he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. I can't keep up. Yeah. I can't keep up. Again, this is just I don't know if Matt Nagy really has a handle on what is the best for the team. I'll say I look at his coaching resume, and it's great that he learned at the foot of Andy Reid, but the reality is that's his only experience in mm-hmm. the NFL. You yes. know, everything he learned came from Andy Reid, and that's a great person to learn from. But there's also different ways to go about accomplishing things, and I'm not sure right now that the Alex Smith blueprint is perfect for what's going on here. Like. He, it just feels like, okay, this is the way we want to do it. And because they had a generational talent and met Pat Mahomes make them look good the way that played out, that doesn't necessarily, for me, align. I, Justin Fields, you know, listen, I hate to break Bears fans' hearts. In all likelihood, as excited as we are about Justin Fields, he's not going to be as good as Patrick Mahomes. Maybe, no. I'll, maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe I'll be proven <laughs> incorrect. But I feel I'm going to feel pretty confident siding on the Patrick Mahomes is going to end up having a greater career than Justin Fields. That doesn't mean Justin Fields can't be great, that he can't win multiple Super Bowls as the Bears quarterback. But 
you know, just saying, oh, this is why this is going to play out this way. It's not a perfect blueprint that should necessarily be relied upon. I just don't think or Matt Nagy knows. It. Yes, I don't or think repli- continue to replicate it. I don't think Matt Nagy knows anything else. And so this is what yeah. he's falling back on. Correct. And I think he's even said that he said, this is what I know. But that's gets back to does he have a handle on what it means to be an NFL head coach and to know your personnel well enough to know and to and to deviate from that blueprint enough to set yourself up for success again I feel like this is a head coach who isn't coming from a place of if this isn't done right I lose my job I don't think he's thinking that I think he's feeling like he's got time Mm -hmm. to figure this out and I think fans feel very much different from that that is the voice of Dion Miller. I am Jeff Meller. We're here up until noon getting you set for Bears and Bengals. Up next, one of the least surprising things occurred very early in the game on Sunday nights. I'd like to talk about that and also plenty more to have a conversation about, including how some of the uh, the analysts around the NFL, national analysts, are looking at this Bears situation and reacting to the way it's playing out. We'll do all that next here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. You're listening to the ESPN Chicago pregame show on ESPN 1000 and 100.3 HD2. Here are your hosts, Jeff Miller and ABC7's Dion Miller. Well, Jason Peters is questionable with a quad injury. You'll see him here. When he came up after this play, he was indicating his right leg was bothering him. Now, remember, he was fishing on a lake in Dallas, catching crappies when he got a call from Juan Castillo to come play. And and that was very late into camp. And so he said he was only about 85% when he got here. Mm. He's going to be going fishing again. Perhaps the uh, least surprising thing to unfold on Sunday nights, DM, you talked about it on our pregame show. You talked about it prior to our pregame show last week as we were discussing some of the topics we wanted to hit on. You noted that you were concerned about Jason Peters being able to play a full game for the Bears. And sure enough, <laughs> couldn't even get through a half. I shouldn't laugh. I know, couldn't get through a half. Not surprising because, you know, as we talked about, conditioning on the fly. And as much as he said he didn't think he was done with football and he was working out, it's far different when you come to the speed of an actual game and the work that you have to do to get there. Disappointing as well because now they're without Larry Borum, who was placed on IR yesterday. So it's Jason Peters and then... Elijah Wilkinson. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who they don't hate what he's done, but they didn't want to be relying on him to this point. I will say this week, the small bits of practice that we could observe, Peters was out there. He was mm-hmm. out there. And and Nagy had said early in the week that his arrow was pointing up. I could visibly see that. I could see that kind of progression that he was making and getting a little bit more comfortable with what they're be asking him to do and what he knows he needs to do. He's, I, I would believe, a Hall of Famer. So he's got a lot there. Um, it's, again... It just comes down to staying healthy. And so hopefully hopefully he isn't limping at all heading into this one today. And I think it's certainly possible that the Bears attack, their plan of attack against the Rams, the short passing game that they were clearly working on. I think one of the primary reasons may have been their offensive line, the concern about what the Rams could do with the pass rush, particularly Aaron Donald. So I think that's certainly possible. Andy Dalton actually was asked about um, what, why the, the, uh, 
passing game was so limited vertically. I mean, I think it's just the way they play defense. They try to keep everything in front of you and uh, with a good front and a guy like Aaron Donald and um, some of those guys that they have up there. I mean, that's just this is how they play. So, you know, it makes sense in addition to the fact that someone like Peters was on the line that they yeah. couldn't necessarily rely on to get through an entire game. So that perhaps is the reason why we saw them go at the Rams the way they did. You know, I think it's been harped on a lot this week, the lack of going down the field, what, one throw over 20 yards? Yeah, if that. I mean, they, they, isn't it Matt Nagy's job, though, to find those opportunities to go downfield a little bit more? And, And hopefully they will open the playbook today more i mean it's it's an excellent point because about the offensive line that that makes a lot of sense why they would keep things pretty simple but that feels like concession you know you're on the road it's a primetime game it's a season opener it feels like they weren't they weren't pushing that opportunity to do something successful offensively that as Nagy loves to say then then that is complimentary to it 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 energizes everybody and then and then the next thing can happen and then the defense can feed off of that and and then the defense didn't didn't do what they were supposed to do and then the offense didn't I mean it was just it was a disaster and you're you just hope that they can make that big stride between week one and week two absolutely I will say too Matt Nagy, the more I watch him and the more I listen to him, the more I'm becoming concerned that he is a bit in over his head. In particular, a lot was made about Eddie Jackson not touching down Van Jefferson, who went on to score the long touchdown. He popped right back up. And I'll point out, I have numerous times already this week, that it wasn't that Eddie Jackson didn't know the rule. Because if you watch the play, you clearly see that Eddie Jackson's hand is out. He knows Mm -hmm. he needs to touch Van Jefferson. The problem for me was the lack of effort. Eddie Jackson was very nonchalant in getting over to it. And as he kind of just, you know, stumbles past Van Jefferson, Jefferson pops up and, you know, had Eddie Jackson gone to touch him down with a little bit more certainty, it wouldn't have even been an issue. Then the way it unfolds, we don't see Matt Nagy address Eddie Jackson on the sidelines. Right. And then he admits on Monday in his post game that he had yet to speak with Eddie Jackson because the players were off on Monday. They weren't coming in until Tuesday. For me, that's problematic. That's yeah. where I start to look and really become critical of him as a head coach because I know you're an offensive play caller. Everyone you know, believes you were an offensive genius, and that's why you were brought in to fix the offense. It didn't work with not your guy, Mitch Trubisky. Now you're having this opportunity where eventually you'll let your guy, Justin Fields, go out and do it. But the reality is he's the head coach, and stuff like that may have been fine when Vic Fangio was here in 2018. Yes. Because Vic Fangio was the de facto head coach of the defense. Yes. But now... You know, and maybe maybe even the last couple of years with Chuck Pagano, who, while not as accomplished as Vic Fangio, certainly had the head coaching on his resume. And so you can maybe, you know, defer to them a bit more. But now you've got a first time defensive coordinator, Sean Desai. And this is this is your team. You're in charge of the full 53, you know, and and Mm -hmm. at this point, I think he needs to take he needs to take a little bit more on himself. And in those situations, if you can't do it or you don't feel comfortable because you want to worry about what's going on in the next play call, I think he needs to, at least in the post game, say, hey, I made it a point to tell my guys that's not acceptable. And this is where I'm starting to become very, very concerned about where the Bears are at with Matt Nagy. I totally agree with you. And and I think it is all on the table. Like maybe he wasn't, he didn't see it, wasn't paying attention to the defense at that moment because he was so concerned about what his offense was going to do next to try to get something going offensively. But it to not 
specifically hold Eddie Jackson accountable in that moment. Desai said that he did. But I, I'm I, I'm intrigued by how they feel Desai is leading this defense because they say he's not a rah-rah guy. He's not going to yell at you. Okay, well, Vic Fangio was intimidating walking down the hallway. Yes. Chuck Pagano, as nice as he was on to us, on the field with those guys, he got their attention because he earned that, mm-hmm. right? He earned that. Desai has not yet. Desai has been their boy as a coach with them. He's like, I know these guys. I know these guys. Okay, well, maybe they feel like they know you too well and you can't make that transition to being this authoritative leader of the defense that they need. He said, I re-listened to what he talked about today about holding himself accountable, holding the players accountable, but I feel like it carries more weight when the head coach comes up and says, this is unacceptable and gets the whole room's attention and it doesn't feel like Nagy did that at all. And And that's disappointing because it was so obvious to everybody watching the game. Yes. What and, and not well, to mention Eddie Jackson has been MIA since December of 2019. Yes, yeah. So this is where it'd be one thing if it's an All Pro player, you know, like Khalil Mack, maybe who like you'd be like, you know what, I trust him to go out. But again, you don't expect Khalil Mack to have you know uh, an error like that. No. Whereas Eddie Jackson now has shown a reluctance to really get involved in tackling, and then in that situation it's maddening and so this is where i'm starting to question matt Nagy's leadership when things aren't perfectly aligned for him again no Mm -hmm. fangio no pagano i think it's more incumbent upon him this year to be more of that head coach and it seems like he's maybe he's got his hands full too because he's so worried about what's happening on the offense you know is he going to be able to oversee and again i'm not expecting him to lead the defense but at least oversee it and in situations like that I think he needs to do more. And well, that's what I'm really intrigued to see how the defense responds today. Yes. There, there's a home crowd. It's the home opener. It's an opportunity to really shine. And they talked about this week that that Jalen Johnson was talking about everybody jumping to conclusions about this defense just because of one poor performance. He said it was all mental lapses. They know what they're doing, <laughs> and and they. They don't want us to make snap judgments. They want to prove it. Well, now, I, don't talk to me about it. Do it. Like, let's see what it looks like when you actually are on the field against a talented offense mm-hmm. that you can really show out and, and slow down the Bengals. I think that would do a lot for the fan base and for everybody to, to feel like that defense still has that swagger that they, they feel like they've already earned. And truth be told, I don't know if I feel better when you tell me multiple mental lapses are the reason uh, that we struggled. Right. You know, um, physically, I'm not sure that they're going to have the same success that they've had in years past because Khalil Mack, I think it's still a fair question to wonder if he's the player that he once was in 2018 and before that when mm-hmm. he first arrived on the scene. He, when he was clearly year in and year out a um, perennial uh, c- candidate for defensive player of the year. I don't know if we, you know, if injuries have maybe slowed him down a bit, but he didn't really look great again on Sunday. And so if he's not going to be elite, if Akeem Hicks is slowing down just a touch, all of a sudden your pass rush is not as good as, good as it once was. So the mental lapses are going to be more under a microscope when you don't have the physical talent to overcome. Well, then I, you wonder, are some of Eddie Jackson's struggles the like predicated by the struggles that they're having in the front seven? If, 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 is there something going on up front that is preventing what's being what's happening downfield? And then then it's a collective problem, right? Like it's bigger. I do worry. Like, do we have Khalil Mack after his peak? Like, really? I think really. Listen, I think, yes, I would say, first of all, without certainty, we have Mack after his peak. The question for me is, though, can the downward trajectory 
be slow enough where he's still an elite caliber player, right? Because the truth yeah. is in football, generally, your best years are going to be, if you look at every elite player Correct. across the board, it's always going to be, especially defensively, you know, when they still have their, they're at their athletic peak physically, it's probably going to be, you know, your early to mid 20s. But if you can still be great is the question. And I don't know if Khalil Mack will ever live up to the amount of money the Bears are paying him. No. Because you have to build a roster around that, and that's where it gets tricky. Uh, 2018 was great. He needs to prove that he can be close to that player if they're going to be a good defense again. It's just such a big question mark that we didn't anticipate having yeah. heading into week two. No, and so fair. so today is is the magnifying glass should be over that defense today because I didn't think offensively it it was immediate upgrade. I mean, I know the offense didn't score enough. I know I know all of those things, but just watching Andy Dalton and, and the five snaps for Justin Fields, which was all planned, of course. I, I felt like that offense wasn't the issue. Uh, in the order, it was like defense, which is not what anyone expected. We didn't expect to start with the defense struggling and then working our way down to quarterback. We expected offense to be the biggest issue. So that, that's what I'm really intrigued to see today is how the defense bounces back because they have to. They, they don't have a choice. She's Deion Miller. I'm Jeff Miller. This is your Bears pregame show. Up next, we give you the Bears inactives and we go to Jeff Dickerson live at Soldier Field right here on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports is available always. Tell your smart speaker, play ESPN 1000. You're listening to the ESPN Chicago pregame show. This is ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Miller and Miller brought to you by 3Chi and Valparaiso University. I thought I hit my button there, Dion, but apparently I did not, so uh, I had to go. I love that song. It's okay. You got your boogie shoes on? I, I do. Every day. All right. Let's hope <laughs> Especially the, game day. Let's hope Hello. the Bears have some on because uh, they certainly need a win today. What can we expect? How much will Justin Fields be on the field today? Actually, Ian Rappaport, NFL insider for the NFL Network, discussed it on their pregame show this morning. Andy Dalton is going to start against his former team, the Bengals, today. However, all anybody wants to know is, is Justin Fields going to get on the field? Is he getting on the field more than he did last week? I am told, yes, expect increased snaps for Justin Fields. Here's what I'm told behind the scenes for the Chicago Bears. He is growing every day. There are wow moments, wow throws every single day in practice. He's actually coming along faster than they expected. They are essentially head over heels in love with him. They use these packages as growth moments for fields. No moment is too big, so expect to see more of them. They cannot help themselves. Whoever Ian Rappaport's mole inside Hellas is, I don't know if this helps. Because everybody wants Fields. I just rolled Fields, my eyes. I just right? rolled my eyes. Everybody wants Justin Fields out there. You know who's not providing wow moments? Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. But he will get the start today. Uh, Justin Fields, we're being Jeff, told. No one, I mean, I, I don't know how to react to that. Of because course not. it's Of course Andy Dalton didn't have any wow moments. He wasn't set up for success. And 
Justin Fields had, I guess, some wow moments, but the, nobody's throwing downfield. They they told Justin, these are the plays you're going to do, and you're going to do them. It goes back to what we said. Can you deviate from the mm. plan if things are going well? Like, why did he not just stick with the guy who's... Uh, same thing with David Montgomery, right? Mm-hmm. Great week sure. one, has this great long run, and the next play, he's on the sidelines. Like, what is happening here? Uh, what, it's... I, n- it's not uh, a well thought out plan, Dean. It's no, it is. It's the blueprint. Ugh. Come on, it worked uh, one so, time. Yeah. I don't know if that report helps anybody. I don't know but, if it um, does either. It just makes us. It just makes us more and more upset as Bears fans waiting for the inevitable. Maybe it's the fact that G- Justin Fields is getting to pick on the Bears secondary in practice. That's why he's having all these wild plays. I don't know. Let's ask. <laughs> let's ask Jeff Very good Dickerson, who is out at Soldier Field right now, getting set. JD, I have not given out the inactives yet. Uh, anything surprise you from uh, today's list of inactives? Oh, nothing more surprising than head over heels in love. <laughs> real great way to describe what's going on here. No, no, no surprise. Eddie Goldman, of course, is out. Um, there, there's no surprise there. Uh, Brashad Perriman still is not ready to be activated, so he's inactive. Uh, but nothing, uh, nothing really of note. Yeah, I, I was uh, under the impression that you'll probably see around 10 to 15 snaps for Justin Fields today, guys. Um, you know, you had, what, four or five in week one. You're going to see more of that. You'll see more of him in the red zone. And, and really, the bottom line is they just need to find some people that can help them score points. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the Bears are at right now offensively. I mean, 14 points is not going to beat anybody in this league. So if they feel like he can help them score points, especially in the red zone, they're going to play him more. So my expectation is you won't see him come in for just one play and go out. He'll probably have a couple of instances in the game where he's out there for two straight plays, maybe even three straight plays, especially when they, if they get the ball. I shouldn't say when because we're talking about the Bears' offense here. If they get the ball in the red zone, I think that's when they really want to try to turn him loose this afternoon. And Jeff, you were at Hallis this week, and I think that the way the defense played in week one was – Nothing short of disappointing and and unexpected. And have you? Do you have a greater sense of how they're going to bounce back from that coming into this week? You know, Dion, I really don't because you don't really ever get an audience with the people that really matter. You know, the people yeah. that are the ones that are the real high paid players. I'm talking about Akeem Hicks. I'm talking about Khalil Mack. I'm talking about Eddie Jackson. You know, the guys that make the money are the ones that are supposed to really set the tone. And those guys have not. Now, I thought Akeem had some good moments, certainly in week one. He also had that terrible roughing the quarterback penalty, which was really um, not smart. Um, and, you know, you can talk to Sean Desai all you want, but he's a first-year coordinator, Dion. You know mm-hmm. that. You know, what's he, you know he, he's just trying to keep everyone together. He doesn't want to publicly criticize anybody. This is his first time ever doing these press conferences, really. But I do believe that behind the scenes, he was extremely unhappy. And Matt Nagy was very unhappy. But now how do you take that unhappiness and hold people accountable? And that's been a buzzword this week, accountability. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I laugh at buzzwords, but I don't laugh at this one. There needs to be accountability on this defense. There's too many guys making too much money mm-hmm. to have what happened against the Rams happen. Now today... This is a very good Bengals offense. They were kind of lucky to win last week, but they're going to come in here with a lot of confidence. Got a terrific quarterback, good receivers. You know, they, they've, got, they've got some stuff going on. So if they have the same type of lackadaisical effort defensively, 
they're going to have a hard time winning this game. And I would hate to be on this show next week from beautiful Cleveland. Okay? And they're 0-2 going into that game against a Browns team that should have won yeah. last week, but they did not. But still, I think everyone would agree on paper the Browns are better than the Bears. You know, that's going to be a real predicament if they get themselves into it. And that will happen if they don't take the ball away on defense and they're not tight on their assignments and their details. I mean, that's what you got to look for today. you got to take the ball away, and you can't have any more of these busted coverages. J.D., back to the inactives for just a moment. I was asking Dion during the break. Eddie Goldman inactive again. I mean, yeah. when is it? Is it fair to ask the question, you know, will we see Eddie Goldman again suit up for the Bears? I hope you see him again. I mean, he's not on the IR list. You know, they put Larry Borum on injured reserve mm-hmm. yesterday, so that shows you that that injury was, was more of a long-term deal. I mean, he's taken up a roster spot, Jeff. He can't be – this can't be long-term. Otherwise, you put him on injured reserve and you bring him back in six games or whatever, or I think three or six games now. Um, but it's disappointing because they could really use him. And, you know, now, not every, now today especially, you're talking about, you know, Joe Mixon, you're talking about a really good running back. Yeah. So they could use him in their run defense. But, I, you know, my guess is since he's not on IR yet, their plan is to get him back. But he is uh, really uh, falling behind with all the things that have happened with him and his football career the last, you know, year and change. But I feel like Nagy said his arrow was pointing up before he didn't show up at practice, of course. Um, what do you think a full Soldier Field will do for this group? What will that kind of energy will that bring? You've been in a lot of empty stadiums covering football. What will it mean to have everybody back today? You know, Deanna, I've been in empty stadiums when the Bears were playing and fans were allowed. Uh, I've been in, <laughs> that was, I believe we call that the John Fox era. I know we're all trying to forget about that, but that was actually an empty stadium, but there was no COVID at that point. Um, I mean, I hope it helps them, but you really never can tell, um, especially here. Uh, you, you really can't tell how much they're feeding off of it. But, but certainly, I mean, yeah, if they get off to a good start and everyone gets all jazzed up and they're rolling, that's great. But it can go the other way, too. If they get off to a bad start, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it gets real dark and, you know, <laughs> gooey and stuff like that. We've seen that before, so... Um, I think it's great. I mean, my son's going to the game today, so if you hear any profanity up there in Section 231, I apologize. It's probably him. Uh, so if there's any uh, ushers listening right now, please don't eject him from the game. He has no right home. Uh, he's not going home with me if he gets kicked out. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be good to have everyone back in. and you know, Hopefully they get off to a good start and they can use the crowd to their advantage. Parker, Parker can come hang out with me. It's all right. Yeah, Deion, you say that now, but, you know, sometimes you don't want to you don't want to, you know, you ask for something that you don't really want. You know, I don't know. I mean, you, your influence would probably be good on him, though. So, that, I mean, he would gain more from that than you would gain from having him that way. And you don't, and, you, and let's be honest, J.D., you don't want to give him, you know, reason to go ahead and resort to that blue foul language in the, uh, in the stands <laughs> well, today. Well, here's what I'm curious. So I had to leave before he got up. Is he going to wear a Bears jersey today? Mm-hmm. Because you know he's the king of all the jerseys except for the Bears jerseys. He's got everybody. He's got Mahomes. He's got, uh, you know, Stafford. He's got Baker Mayfield. He's got Brady. He's got everybody. But there's like one little Bears jersey, a Khalil Mack jersey, tucked way in the back of his closet. Mm. Is he going to have it on? I can't wait to get the binoculars out and see if he's wearing it. Well, the, if he is, 
I'm going to laugh at him tonight. Well, the question is, does he have the uh, the alternative option? Does he have a Burrow or a Chase that he could turn to instead of a Khalil Mack? Because that would be very indicting. Well, I thought for sure I was going to get this conversation around Thursday. Hey, Dad, listen, need a Burrow jersey for Sunday. <laughs> so let's order it, and then let's do the really expensive shipping, okay? You know yes, they charge you? Like, yes, you know, on yes. Amazon, you get like the, the $40, and it comes the next day, whatever, right, two right. days, you know? Let's do the re- – I don't want to wait. Let's do the really expensive shipping so I can have it by Sunday. That conversation, thankfully, did not take place. But I thought I was bracing myself. Well, uh, bullet dodged there, J.D. All right, you mentioned Joe Mixon. Obviously, he's a very talented runner for the Bengals. But it's not just him. As we mentioned, Burrow, Chase, Boyd, Higgins. I mean, yep. they're loaded with skill position players that the Bears need to be concerned about. How do you think this one plays out uh, defensively? Do you think the Bears are prepared for what they're about to see? You know, Jeff, and, and I'll tell you this. The Bengals have to be loaded with confidence. How could they? How could they not look at that film against the Rams, the Bears film, and say we can do this? We we can beat these guys. I mean, there are players that were historically open. Um, you know, you know. I think Cooper Cup is still open, running somewhere in, in Cal- Southern California right now. Look, I, I and I said this before, and I mean this. Look, this whole thing about the takeaway bucket, I like the idea. I think Sean Desai brings some good ideas, and I understand his emphasizing the takeaways is very important. They have to put that now, guys, into practice, okay? Because the ball is going up today. Because I know Joe Burrow feels like that they can move the ball in the air against this team with a shaky nickelback situation, some shaky corner play, safeties that looked lost last week. they got to take the ball away. So if they can do that, I do like their chances. I did pick them to win by one point earlier in the week for ESPN.com. But that was, uh, that was uh, speaking of shaky, that was a shaky <laughs> prediction there, too. I wasn't totally sure. But if they don't, do the job, and they don't take the ball away. The Bengals, as you said, Jeff, they have the players to hurt you and make you pay. So I think, to me, it all comes down to the takeaways. If they take it away and they don't have the busted coverages, I think defensively they'll hold up all right. It's a big if. That's a big if. Um, So, Jeff, last week you obviously raved about SoFi and how they treated the media and what they provided for you. Any upgrades (laughs) for the media at Soldier Field today? (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Well, if you like, uh, they do actually, they, Dion, I'll yeah. say this. They don't have breakfast anymore here. Okay. However, they do have a nice prepackaged blueberry muffin okay. and a nice prepackaged uh, Danish. So um, that's it. There's just two baskets full of stuff, <laughs> but that's okay. That's good. I mean, I, don't, I wasn't expecting my filet mignon fajitas like last week at SoFi wow. or my uh, boxes of candy or my iced tea. Um, they do have RC Cola. Here, that's what they do have, uh, but no, no, uh, no, no. Uh, what is it? Green leaf iced tea or anything like that? Nothing fancy. Um, they're not about the bells and whistles here. They're just about getting the job done. And we'll see at halftime if they do bring out the meatball subs again from last year. That, that was that's a delicacy here, but we we, we will see. But no, no, uh, it, it's kind of um, you know that was fantasy land last week, guys. To cover the NFL. Uh, we're kind of back to reality this week, unfortunately. Back to reality. Let's hope the Bears can um, make it better on the field so it doesn't matter so much in the press box. That's kind of like the, the whole thing about the Bears. Like, there's not a lot of bells and whistles, but sometimes they just get the job done. Yeah. Um, but then when it goes bad, it goes really bad. That's just kind of, that's kind of like how it is here. That's kind of like <laughs> your game day experience, you know? Yeah. Nothing really fancy. Not going to take too good a care of you. But uh, at the end of the day, as long as they get the job done, that's all that matters. All right, let's hope uh, they can get the job done today, J.D. Uh, listen, I don't know if there's optimism or not. I can spin it both ways. The Bengals are 3-20-1. 
on the road since 2018. That is the worst record in the NFL over that span. However, Andy Dalton was at the helm for at least half of those games. Right. So make of that, now he's quarterbacking. Make of that George stat what you will. Today. Yes. There you go. Yes. So uh, make of that stat oh what you gosh. will. All right, JD. Uh, enjoy it. Uh, hopefully, Parker will be able to uh, take a ride home with you. But uh, we right, appreciate Deanna you hopping on. Yeah, yeah. Deanna might have to text you to come pick him up. Okay. So we'll see. Uh, We'll see what the language is like. Thank you, guys. Always right. a pleasure. You're that, the best, Jeff. Thanks. That is uh, Jeff Dickerson, of course, covering the Bears for ESPN and ESPN 1000. We will always talk to him uh, for noon games at 1030, so make sure you make that uh, appointment listening. Join Waddle and Sylvie and White Claw in Vegas for a football weekend. Listen Monday, this Monday, starting at 7 a.m. We'll qualify a fan each hour with Cap and Jay Hood, Carmen and Yerko, and Waddle and Sylvie. And then at 435, we'll read a name from all the qualifiers. That, that that person will have 10 minutes to call back to win a trip for two to Vegas from October 8th through the 10th. You'll stay at Circa Resort and Casino, and Waddle and Sylvie will broadcast live. On that Sunday, you'll go to the game. It's all sponsored by IDOT's LifeOrDeathIllinois.com. Listen all day this Monday from Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. That's a pretty sweet trip. Yeah, man. I love Vegas. That'd be fun. And that's I, just the right amount of time. We are. Just the right amount of time. You and I are ineligible, Dion, okay. Okay. as uh, employees of ESPN 1000. We cannot Rats. win. But for all the listeners out there, uh, have it locked to ESPN 1000 tomorrow, and uh, you'll have a chance to qualify and win a trip to Vegas, courtesy of White Claw with Waddle and Sylvie. All right, up next, what do the national pundits think of what's going on with Justin Fields? We'll let you hear some thoughts on ESPN 1000. This portion of the Bears pregame show is brought to you by Northwestern Football. Chicago's Big Ten team hosts Purdue in the Wildcats Classic on November 20th at Wrigley Field. Tickets on sale now at nusports.com. This is ESPN Chicago pregame on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2 and ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. All right, I guess you're 0 one. They bust out the uh, back beds for the Bears this week. Dion Miller and Jeff Meller getting you set for Bears and Bengals at noon today. Of course, we've been talking a lot about Justin Fields and a man who knows a thing or two about quarterbacking in the NFL. Trent Dilfer, he won a Super Bowl with the Ravens way back when, was on Ryan Rosillo's podcast, and he kind of... He looked at the whole Bears situation and uh, kind of assessed it from his point of view. What's going on with why the Bears are not starting Justin Fields? Because almost everybody's going to want Fields, right? The media sure. wants to talk more about rookie quarterbacks and the higher the pick. And the fans want it because he's the savior. And, uh, you know, it, basically that's all that matters, right? Is media and fans are doing a propaganda pitch. So uh, I get why they are selling that this is why we're doing it. Uh, and I'm a, I'm an Andy Dalton guy. I like Andy. I think he's a, a good starting quarterback in the NFL. I think he can get you through some tough times. Couldn't be nicer. He Couldn't help, be nicer. And he can help you reset the ship. You know, I think yeah. from a football standpoint, he's going to lower your – I mean, he's going to raise your floor. I think that's what Andy Dalton is. He's going to raise your floor. I think what they're scared about is, is if they play fields and he has Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson experience where there's going to be these giant ebb and flows, they're going to lose their jobs. I think that's, in my opinion, what I've seen happen in my time with the NFL is when you're making a decision where you're trying to raise your floor instead of raise your ceiling, uh, you're protecting your job. They know they can 
be okay because they should have a really good defense, although it didn't look great last night. They can they can play kind of management football and get through the season with the carrot of we just gave Fields the Mahomes year, right? Because you it's 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 tangible. Like you can say, hey, this just happened a few years ago. We had this dude, Patrick Mahomes, that was lighting up practice, and we're playing Alex Smith all up, kind of the same player as Andy Dalton. And look what it did for the Chiefs. Oh, by the way, I was there when we did this. So this was part of my plan. So you can sell that long enough and keep your job till the next year. Whereas if you play fields right now and it goes backwards, you're gone. And there's a new staff coming in with Justin Fields as the quarterback. So that's been my experience in the league. I think most uh, players, coaches would agree with me that that's probably what's happened. So there you go. Trent Dilfer, the Super Bowl winning quarterback for the Ravens, spent over a decade in the NFL. That is what uh, he sees happening right now. Solid, solid analysis of what is going on. And I think he's right. I think he's spot on that they that's why we see Pace and Nagy not operating with this. My seat is so hot mentality. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why they're waiting They're why they're not pulling the trigger as quickly as fans want them to. How soon will we see Justin Fields actually become the starting quarterback? Well, a lot probably depends on how Andy Dalton plays today. We'll talk about that and plenty more to come. We've got Dion's notes next hour and also a uh, just a gut-wrenching story that Dion did this past week that um, everybody who listens to ESPN 1000 will want to hear uh, an update on Steve Mongo McMichael. She had a chance to visit with him in person. We'll bring that to you all next here in the 11 o'clock hour. We're back in just two minutes on ESPN 1000.